the Pittsburgh Penguins showed all of you who they are tonight, and you need to start believing them. For this episode, I'm going to tell you what went wrong in this game and how, you know, how this can hopefully be fixed down the stretch and into the playoffs, assuming that they do get in, but I think they will. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Montreal Canadiens 6. Well, Montreal Canadiens 6. I can just say Canadiens 6. Penguins 4 in a game that had a whole lot of ugh from the home team. You know, started out great. Two nothing, five minutes in, you're thinking they're going to blow this team out. Nope. Just a few minutes later, it's tied. A couple minutes after that, they have the lead. A couple minutes after that, this, this, this is a 4-2 game. And Montreal's winning going into the second period. And we're like, what the hell is happening? Penguins tie it. Third period happens. A defensive lapse. You can blame Casey Smith all you want. And then they, they dominate most of this game, but they come out on the wrong end of the score sheet. And you all saw the Penguins' faults. On display tonight. Honestly, I should I could say this. You all saw a micro. How do I want to say this? You all saw a summary of what this team has been all season long. This game summed up their whole season. The stars are doing their work. Evgeny Malkin gets his. Jake Gensel gets his. Chris Latang gets his. Sidney Crosby gets a couple of assists. But the depth players who have been really bad did not do their thing. And the goaltending, which was a major question mark coming into this season and has been throughout the season, did not do its thing. And this is what you have. All the Penguins' faults and all the Penguins' strengths were on display in this game. Sadly, the faults cost them two precious points that they definitely, I think, will need at the end of the season, whether it comes to playing Boston the first round if they make it, or it's Carolina or New Jersey. You can probably kiss catching the Rangers goodbye unless you win both of these next two games in regulation. With how the Rangers played against the Capitals tonight, I don't think that's going to happen one bit. Um, just a comedy of errors in the first period after they went up 2 nothing. For some reason, Mike Sullivan continues to ice Jeff Carter in more high-leverage situations I have been covering this team for this podcast for the last few years. I have been watching this team ever since I was in kindergarten to first grade in elementary school. I cannot remember something like this happening for as long as I have been watching slash covering the team. It is baffling. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. I am baffled at how Mike Sullivan, who is a brilliant tactician, one of the five to six better coaches in this league, because I think, you know, a lot of the coaches in this league are not that good. Why is he continuing to ice him in these situations? Jeff Carter, 
I am not a plus minus person. I think the stat is very flawed. It usually does not tell you, you know, who was making mistakes on the ice versus, you know, just with goals against and stuff. The guy was a minus four tonight. He's been awful all season. That should tell you that this player doesn't have it. Heck, after that first period, when he was on the ice for three of those goals, right? Three of those goals. He played a buck 43 in the second period. Buck 43. Two shifts. Comes down the third period. First shift on, goal. Wasn't fully his fault. I'll get to that in a little in a little bit. But it's almost like, what is the thought process here, man? First shift, he comes on in third period. Oh, Montreal takes the lead and they don't ever squat. Uh, they give it back with just, you know, 17 minutes left in the period. I don't get it. It it makes legitimately no sense. And then the Penguins, they start dominating the rest of that third period when Carter was off the ice. He then gets put back onto the ice with two minutes left. And that was the most sustained pressure that Montreal had for that entire period outside of that goal. That was just a rush chance. So I'm not really going to count that as sustained pressure. That was the only actual sustained pressure that they had. With two minutes left and you're chasing the game, that's who you're putting out there, man. I understand the pink team only has four defensemen healthy, but you know, this guy's a forward. You could put anyone else out there. He only played a buck 43 in the second period. I'm not trying to single him out here, but this is some weird coaching. He is not Patrice Bergeron. He's not Andre Kopitar. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't understand it. He's not Pavel Datsuk in his prime. He's one of the better two-way players in this league. Like, even after 2-0, first line that comes out, Carter scores. After that, oh, 2-2. Oh, 15 seconds left in the first period. What line comes out to win a faceoff? You're, you're, they're, um, they're down 3-2, Carter line. Loses the faceoff, gets owned in that circle. Joel Edmondson scores, make it 4-2 with 10 seconds left in the period. What, what, what are we doing here, people? What the hell are we doing here? It makes absolutely... No sense in the slightest. Again, I have never before seen this in my life. And then Jeff Petrie, he had a horrendous game before he got um, before he didn't come back for the uh, the third period. Just looked really bad on a couple of the goals, especially the first one, the one that Mike Hoffman scored. Um, made a really bad play along the blue line, let that puck get into the zone, and then you know Hoffman scores on that rush chance, and then um, the second goal. Actually, no, excuse me, not the second goal. I believe it was the third goal. Um, you know, chases the play too far down in his own end. Or not his, yeah, basically his own end, behind the net. He thinks Jeff Carter is going to be covering Gurionov from the front of the net, but he's way too far back. And as soon as he broke away, Gurionov's wide open. He gets the pass, he has the puck passed to him. Top shelf, 3-2. Penguins are down. Jeff Carter couldn't get back. He he was really rough tonight. Honestly, that Dumoulin Petrie pairing is just not it. Uh, their underlying numbers are terrible. Dumoulin did not look good on those goals either. Um, again, a lot of the same culprits here. Why they've been losing? Jeff Carter, Brian Dumoulin, Jeff. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even throw Jeff Petrie as a usual one. I just don't think he's been that good this season. And the goaltending, Tristan Jari has been awful since coming back from his injury. 
And I am sorry, Mike Sullivan, you are flat out gaslighting people when you say that uh, Tristan Jari is, is healthy after your press conference. That is wrong. I know it for a fact. I've been told what his injury is right now. Honest, I mean, I, I mean, he's dealing with a back injury. I have that on good authority from a couple people that I trust. He has a back injury. Mike Sullivan is flat out lying about it. You can clearly see with the way he moves and his mannerisms, he's lying about it. He's not healthy. You can just tell that. Honestly, you can just look at Tristan Jari's movement and the way he's playing. He is not this bad of a goaltender. He didn't just, you know, forget how to play goal. He's not as bad as how we, what we saw in the Islander series. He's definitely not as bad as we saw tonight. He's been battling injuries all season. Sullivan is just gaslighting everyone. He has a back, you know, I've been told he has a back injury. And he's also been dealing with the groin slash hip issue all season. He's banged up. I don't even think he's 75% healthy right now. That's how I see it. So, um, and honestly, you know, the numbers, they kind of back this up too. You know, since his return on February 20th, Tristan Jari has an 863 save percentage. That's very unlike him. We always, you know, we had that series against the Islanders, but in regular season form, that's not him. He was one of the best goalies in the league last year. You know, before, you know, the Winter Classic, he was playing also very, very well. Not tonight. If the Penguins get average goaltending in this game, they blow those guys out. Heck, I would even go as far as to say if Casey DeSmith is in net, and I can't believe I'm even saying this, with what I saw in the last two periods, they probably win this game. See, if Sam Montembeau was in net, they put four goals on, on him, he, they probably win this game. He gave them no margin for error after the first period. And you saw that. They, they were able to tie it up going into the third. But even then, you know, no margin of error. You can't give up another goal because that was just going to flatten the team. Two and a half minutes in, a really bad read by P.O. Joseph, 5-4. Just, again, inexcusable. Same, a lot of the same culprits on display for why this team has been so frustrating, annoying, depressing, whatever word you want to call it. Just because just when it looks like they're about to turn the corner, they're 7-1-1 in their last nine games, a game like this happens. And you lose to a team that you have no business losing to, a team that was out without half of their forward group. Half. Christian Dvorak, Kirby Doc, Cole Caulfield, Yuri Slavkovsky, I have, I have the, I have the, the fact that I can't even remember that full tweet just goes to show how many players were out. And actually, no, I will load it up for you all right here. No Cole Caulfield, no Christian Dvorak, no Kirby Doc, no Brendan Gallagher, no Sean Monahan, no, no Yuri Slavkovsky, no Jake Evans either. Half their forward group, half. They're starting goalie didn't play last night. They played last night. They had to come through customs with travel. You cannot lose this game. Cannot. And again, a lot of it was on the same culprits that have plagued them throughout this season. Just very, very frustrating. Um, coming up after this commercial break, we are going to get into um, more things I noticed from the loss, especially a couple of some of the defensive end zone schemes and I, was, I, w- I will take some positives from this game funny enough you know i try to be more of a positive person compared to most but we also will get into that but before we touch on that nope not athletic greens we do have to get into 
FanDuel. We're past the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three strain. Plus, it even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So do not miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. You can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and locked on. All right, we're back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter, at Alistair Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. We are free and available on all platforms. You know, this one was just a very annoying loss in general, just because of the way the Penguins absolutely dominated in this game. Let's go to natural stat trick right now. Five on five, the Penguins had 63% of the shot attempts, 72% of the scoring chances, 77% of the high danger chances, 73% of the expected goals, and they still got outscored 5-2 at 5-5. Goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. That is the always, that's always the difference maker or the great equalizer. Penguins had 40 scoring chances for in this game, 15 against, 21 high danger chances for, six high danger chances against. That's at 5-5. You want to go to all situations? Let's do it. 65% of the scoring chances at 5v5 for the Penguins. 51 scoring chances for, 17 scoring chances against for 75%. 23 high danger chances for, 7 high danger chances against at 76%. Oh yeah, they also had 66% of the expected goals. Ass kicking. Part of my language, excuse me. Butt kicking. That's what that was. They speed bagged those guys off the ice. But what happened? No one could get a save. Same stuff, different day with that. Third consecutive year that you're running this tandem back and it's still showing the same warts that it showed two seasons ago during the COVID-shortened season. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If Ron Hextall is still here over the summer and I don't see how that's going to happen at this point unless they go on a deep run, you cannot sit here and tell me that you are going to run that tandem back for a fourth year in a row. I mean, it was, it was probably ridiculous to do that going into this season. It would be even more ludicrous to do it heading into next season. That's why I would rather have another a new GM in there who actually knows what he's doing and can see that this team has a weakness with goaltending. Um, you know, if you go to the deserved win meter on Money Puck, the Penguins win this uh, out of 1,000 simulations. The Penguins win this game 92.4% of the time. Canadians win it 7.6%. Again, that just goes to show how dominant the Penguins were. Also, there have now been almost 50 games this season where our team scored at least four goals and had at least a 69% expected goal share. This is per Adam Gretz. The Penguins have lost two of five of those games. Those teams in those games overall coming into this game, 44-1-3. and one and three. The one regulation loss, this was a month ago, was the Penguins. You can now add the Penguins to a second regulation loss. Again. 48, now there have been 49 games this season where a team has scored at least four goals and had at least a 69% expected goal share rate. Pe- teams are 44 and two and three. Penguins have both of those regulation losses. It's almost impressive at this point. 
it's just unbelievable. I mean, there, there is just no excuse to lose that game. Absolutely none. And I am sorry. We are well past the point now where there needs to be harder, tougher decisions. Jeff Carter needs to stop playing. I don't care. You cannot even shelter him at this point. He's playing on the fourth line and he's still a minus four. That shouldn't even be possible. He's getting shelter minutes. He played a minute 43 in the second period. But in the first period, that's where they did all their damage. Montreal, at least, they scored one goal in the final 40 minutes. Just, you got to stop playing him. Same with Brian Dumoulin. You can't be playing him with Jeff Petrie. That, they, they, those two do not work together. I mean, I know Kulikov is week to week from what I have been told. That is a broken foot injury. I don't think he's going to be playing again for the rest of the regular season. So they're kind of up a creek now with their defense. You know, Gal Ruda got hurt tonight. Jeff Petrie had to exit the game. You know, Chad Riedel is obviously the next man up. Then you have to maybe recall Mark Freeman and all that. No, but in terms of Carter, Ryan Paling is getting close. He took full contact at the morning skate today. I assume he's going to practice on Wednesday before they travel up to Madison Square Garden, a.k.a. Death Valley, to take on the Rangers. If he's ready to go, I'm sorry. You have to take Carter out. It's going to be a hard conversation, but he is not giving you anything. Anything. Nada, nothing offensively, nothing defensively, nothing in the face-off talk. And, you know, maybe it's wishful wishful thinking that I'm asking for him to get benched, but, you know, I just don't know if any, you know, any small deployment even is going to work with this player. I just don't. And even with their other culprits on this team. I just, you know, I I feel like I've been saying the same thing over and over again for the last 18 minutes, so I truly apologize about that. But when you see the same thing 65, 66, 67 games into the season, you know, you just, you come out of words, you just, you're out of words really quickly, to be honest. Um, I, I thought the Penguins defensive work tonight overall was atrocious, especially in the first period. Um. You know, again, Jeff Petrie going down below his goal line, leaving Dennis Gurionov wide open from the net. Jeff Carter not doing a good enough job there. Um, Dumoulin and Petrie again on the ice for another goal. That was the first one, the first one for the Mike Hoffman goal. Not good enough. The um the Edmondson shot, that's a point shot. I don't that can't go in. At some point, you need your goalie to make a save. I don't care if it was deflected a little bit. He should still be able to come up with that. Jeff Carter is out there for that faceoff. And then the really bad one in the third period, the Penguins just tied the game going into intermission. Um P.O. Joseph made a really foolish play stepping up there. His work in the defensive zone has been spotty this season. His metrics, you know, support that. He ranks in the 15th percentile in terms of being a strength defense. It's where it's his offense that has been the bright spot of his game this season. Not a good play on that fifth goal. Stepped up, tried to basically bat the puck out of the air with that saucer pass. Nope. Montreal player got it. Beat him to the net. Goes glove side on Casey Smith. You know, we can sit here and blame Casey for that goal. Okay, you know, maybe you want him to come up with a save there, but you know, Tristan <clears throat> Jari gave them no room for error. And you know, he's also been inconsistent to Smith, that is, this season. It, that was just a really nice shot. But if PO is back up, if he's back a little bit, that chance has not happened. It's still tied 4 4. Who knows what happens for the rest of the game as the Penguins really kept pushing. But that's where the Penguins really lost this game tonight. Goaltending. Same bad players on the ice when they don't need to be and some shoddy 
defensive work. There you have it. Otherwise, this team played very well. They probably win that game nine out of 10 times, even with average goaltending. They probably win it 10 out of 10 times with average goaltending. But that is where they lost this game tonight. To end the show, we are going to get into some positives about this game, go into how Jake Gensel has been playing, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, all of that, plus a little bit more to end the show. But before we get to all that, now I will load up my wonderful Athletic Greens thing. I use this literally every day. I start taking it because I didn't really have time in the morning to work out. I wanted more energy because sometimes I wake up a little groggy each morning. I also want a supplement that actually tastes good. I was tired of some of these things that just taste like garbage, to be honest. So what is this? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics to start help you start your day right. This special blend of greens supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things that also cost you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Also has over 7,000 five-star, five-star reviews. And again, it's lifestyle-friendly where you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, we're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes, your host. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So <clears throat> I know it's hard to take some positives out of this, but I will have some good thoughts for you. Jake Gensel playing very well as of late. Uh, he's basically been scoring a goal per game now over the last week, week and a half. Ever since everyone was saying he's done, he's shot, he looks washed. Well, I think he's reminded everyone that he is still one of the better goal scorers in this league. Um, he had two tonight. One 20 seconds into the game, another one to tie it late in the second period on the power play. Two really nice goals from him. He's going, he's at the front of the net, you know, getting those garbage goals. That's usually not his, well, I shouldn't say that. That is part of his game, but you know what? We usually rely on him to be more of a sniper, but he is still a very good net front presence. Nice to see him get rewarded there. Chris Letang, he had a really nice goal as well. Um, freeze, freeze Sam Montebo during the second period to cut the lead. Cut the Canadians lead to four to three. Um, just you know, walk the blue line. Really nice to get around a defender. Fired that shot, goes in. Thought he had a really good game overall tonight. I didn't really like. Obviously, the end is what stands out. I think he rushed that play. He wants that back every time. Um, just a foolish play there. Outside of that, I thought he played very well. Nothing much else to complain about. But yeah, definitely will want that moment back. That was not a good one <laughs> for Latang. Um, he should not have rushed that. Should have maybe taken his time a little bit. Survey the situation, made a better read. Maybe the Penguins tie it there. Um, who knows? Um, Sidney Crosby, he had an assist 20 seconds in. He's just about at a point per game yet again. I think he's going to break Wayne Gretzky's record here in short order. It's either he's going to break it or tie it um, for the most consecutive uh, point per game seasons in, seasons in NHL history. Um, what else needs to be said? You know, the, the Penguins followed his lead. They went up one nothing. Heck, they even had a 2 nothing lead in this game. <laughs> Can you imagine that? If you would have told me that they played the way they played, if you would have told me after seeing them go up 2 nothing and then seeing how they played the rest of this game that this would end up a 6-4 to four loss, I would have thought you were crazy. You know, the game the game looked like it was over, honestly, after the first five minutes. 
Obviously, Tristan Jari and a couple of other people had other plans, but you know, as usual, the core players all showed up. Jason Zucker almost had one of the goals of the season. Goals, of, yeah, yeah, goal, yeah, goal of the season. Excuse me. Um, just split the Montreal defenders. Um, went forehand, backhand, really nice glove save by Sam Montembeau. And then Marcus Pedersen, what has gotten into him lately? And uh, he came around the, the the net, comes out, does the spinorama, tried to do the Geno move that he pulled on Cam Ward back in 2009. I'm like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> Did not think I would ever see him attempt the Geno from 2009. Never thought it. The funny thing is it almost went in. I think Montembeau just got a little bit of a piece of it. He was on another level. Heck, he also had a ridiculous power move to the net, went forehand, backhand, goes off the post. He almost had two spectacular goals tonight. He has been on another level, not just tonight, but this season. This has been the best professional season of his career, and it's not even close. Um, You know, he keeps playing like that. Um, He's only going to continue to get more minutes. He is feeling very confident right now. I liked Alex Nylander's game tonight. He had a couple golden chances with the Malkin line. I feel like it's only a matter of time before he is going to bury one. He had a two-on-one um, in the third period when it was five to four. Um, tried to pull back with the puck with, with this uh, with because the Montreal defender was sliding, but he just knocked the puck off Nylander's stick. He was still able to get a little bit of a shot off, but not the one that he wanted. Thought he still played um, overall pretty well. Um, yeah. Top six showed up. I thought Maka- I thought the third line with Mikhail Granlund, Drew O'Connor, and uh, Ricard Raquel was great. They were getting plenty of quality looks. Um, you know, outside of you know the goaltending and Jeff Carter and Brian Dumoulin, they, the team played very well. They did everything right except get the result. And I know part of these games happen to every team during the season where you outplay a team so bad. The Penguins. They finished 42 shots to 21 for Montreal. At one point, it was 33 to 11, and the game was tied. It's hockey sometimes, especially when your goalie doesn't play even his C game. Again, they play get average goaltending. They blow this team out of the water. Um, so yeah, I think that's really it in terms of positives. It gets a lot tougher going forward here. The Penguins will play the New York Rangers Thursday and Saturday. We'll have a preview for that first game for my Wednesday episode and then Thursday we'll be recapping it. And then Friday I'll, I'll be joined by Nick Sararis um, to go, a little, go over a little bit of what happened from Thursday night's game as well. And then get you all set for Saturday's game. So yeah, inexcusable loss, unacceptable. Any way you want to put it, you cannot get swept by a, one of the worst teams in the league, especially one that is legitimately tanking. They have lost seven games in a row coming into this one. Uh, they have half their forwards out. Just a very inexcusable loss. Oh, yeah, and they played last night. But we'll have a chance to get right back at it on Thursday. We'll, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, God knows what this team is going to do over the next two two games. I've it's, it, my, my emotions for this team with these episodes are something else. Uh, this is unlike any season I've ever had experience watching slash covering this team. I'll say that. But, again, Thank you all so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Wednesday. Be sure to like, subscribe, and rate the podcast wherever you listen slash watch it. Again, talk to you all on Wednesday.